welcome to Mama Maria's podcast. Why is it named Mama Maria's? Because we are both mamas and we are both named Maria. We also each have a beautiful teenage daughter who has special needs. We want to share our stories, experiences, and successes with all of you to hopefully provide you with encouragement and hope, as well as to let you know you are not alone. Let us begin by saying that we are not lawyers, healthcare providers, licensed counselors, or teachers, but we do understand the various aspects of being a parent to a child with special needs and hope that our background will offer you knowledge and support. Our podcast is supported by the Association for Special Children and Families, which is a not-for-profit family support organization of professionals and parents who have children with any type of disability. You can learn more about them by visiting their website at ASCFamily.org. We encourage you to email us with comments or suggestions for additional podcasts at podcast at ASCFamily.org. So tonight we have Latavia from Queens on a Roll podcast and her mother, Mary. We're going to hear about how it was for Mary. Can you tell us a little bit about when you first became a mom to Latavia? So I had what was called the complete placenta previa, um, which they called the faulty uterus. And so I was told that I would give birth very early. They said many These births really never go full term. So I was told not to purchase anything because they really didn't expect her to live. And so at 28 weeks of my pregnancy, I, um, they called it aborted. So I began to hemorrhage and, um, I ran into the hospital. They let me know that she wasn't going to make it, um, because she only was two and a half pounds. Lungs were not developed. And, um, I had bled out. So, um, so during that time, Tay was in the hospital. She came here, like I said, she was two and a quarter pounds and she came home when she was four pounds. So once home, I began to see where Latavia was stiff. Okay. Um, and I noticed that she wasn't meeting the milestones. So I was like, in a sense, I know they tell you not to compare children, but I had, I started looking at my son and I had to look at Tay. And so Tay just wasn't doing the things at that, at certain age milestones that she should have been doing that my son was already doing. And so when I went to the doctors, I informed them that she wasn't rolling over. I didn't see her crying. There was no tears and she was very stiff. So um, they said, oh, that was from her being in the neonatal so long and um, she'll loosen up some. So me not really knowing. OK, so I kind of believe what they said. But as time went on and I noticed that um, it's, there was no improvement, I decided to go to a neurologist. So when I went to the neurologist, um, Tavia. At, so earlier on, too, I'm sorry, they had wanted me to put Tavia in UCP, United Cerebral Palsy. OK, and so I really couldn't understand that, but it was really for inter, uh, early intervention. Okay. So um, I went I went to the neurologist and the neurologist looked at her 
And she said, um, asked some questions about her being a neonatal and if she ever lost oxygen. And I said, yes. And she said, all right, dad. She said, um, she has cerebral palsy, the worst type that anybody can have because it affects the head, neck and shoulders. And um, if by the age of two, she's not sitting up by herself, she'll never walk. When she told me that, I fell back into the couch because she had a couch in the room and I just broke down and started crying. Yeah. The reason I started crying is because I started at a very young age, I'm going to say about 1920, working with adults and children with cerebral palsy. Mm. So I knew what, oh, wow. I knew what I was in store for. Okay. And so she said, mom, stop crying, stop crying. She said, because I'm looking at her little face and she has normal intelligence. Mm. She said, um, she said, the good thing here is that the brain damage occurred at six months of my pregnancy. She stopped breathing. I was seven months. Well, I would have been seven months pregnant. So Tay was here a month. And so she said a baby's brain is not fully developed until they're nine months. She said, so that saved her cognitively. She said, and I'm going to tell you, mom, educate her in general ed. So um, I walked out of there that night. um, Just, just, you know, just couldn't believe it. You know, we didn't have anybody in the family with a disability. Um, And I was 31 at the time. And I just was in, in shock, you know, here, I I know from working with adults and children with cerebral palsy, I knew how hard it was. So I could only assume that it was going to be very hard for me. How old was she when you went to this appointment? So at that time, Tavia was, um, Tavia was 18, 18 months. That's when I found out months. my daughter. That's the same age I found out my daughter had CP too. Wow. Yeah. Magic number, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Latavia, you're a beautiful young woman. I just said before we started recording what a beautiful smile you have. Oh, thank and you. When you look at your face, uh, you know, I can only see so much of you because we're on a Zoom screen. But you, you're just a beautiful young woman and, you know, a label doesn't make you. Yes, you're definitely right. You're definitely right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And how old are you now? If you don't mind our asking. I am going to be 30 soon. Oh, my goodness. Oh, your 30th birthday. <laughs> That's going to be a big celebration, girl. <laughs> I don't know how much of a celebration because I'll be working, but. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe the next day or something. Yeah. That's exciting. But Mary, um, tell us a little bit about uh, those, 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 t- I would, you know, were there tough years? Were there, were the years, um, you know, as she was developing and, and growing up and, and you getting used to having a child with a disability? How was, how was that for you? It was very tough. Um I lost my job, um, and I've I had at that time my son was sixteen years old, going on seventeen. Um, 
and I thought I had I had the whole world in my hand. I was traveling, doing things with my son, and now here my life was going to. I felt my life was now going to end and be at a standstill because I I could only relate to the parents of the children and the adults that I was taking care of at the job. And so um, I did not want to lose my job. I was petrified. I worked all my life. Okay. And um, I'm at this point, I'm going to nine different doctors. Okay. My job, I worked for the city. They're giving me a hard time with taking off um, because Tavia was in OT. She had PT. She had speech. She had feeding classes. She had yeah. um, seeing a thoracic doctor. She had to see orthopedics. She had to see physiatry. So it was, it was, it was hard. It was hard. Overwhelming. <laughs> it really was. And so yeah. I would leave early in the morning to, cause sometimes I would try to see three or four doctors in at one, in one day because I was seeing so many and I did not want to lose my job. I needed my job. My son was in Catholic school at that point. Um, and so I needed a job. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I lost a job. Every day I come in, I leave at seven o'clock in the morning for these appointments. I come home at nine, 10 o'clock at night, waiting on the vans to come in and bring me home. Um, I wash Tay up, lay her down, and I go in the bathroom and I break down and cry. Ugh. It was it was extremely hard. Um, Mary, you're talking as if you did this all alone. Did you not have a partner or husband to have help? So, um, Tay's dad was there in the in the early stages of her life, but he had a difficult time dealing with her disability. He didn't want to believe yeah. it. Um, he would say there's nothing wrong with her. It was hard yeah. for him. And I and I understood that because once again, I could relate to my job. Okay. Seeing some yeah. of the women raising their kids by themselves. So I under, I understood that sometimes it's hard for a man and sometimes they will walk away. So, and he explained that it was hard for him, you know? So I had to respect that. But at the end of the day, I had to do what I had to do for my child, you know? Absolutely. So So you um, did it alone is what you're telling us. I did it alone. Yeah. Yeah. By the grace of God. Yes. So what was, was there a turning point for you? Do you, do you remember, was there a time where you thought I'm, I think she's going to be okay. I think I'm going to be okay. No, no, there was not. No, it wasn't because (laughs) you, you think that you are getting a reprieve, but now here come surgeries. Okay. Tavia had a total of 18 surgeries. All right. Um, And so I'm thinking that you know, as she gets older, it's going to be a little easier, but it wasn't. It was the same thing day out, day in the same exact thing, the same feeding classes. It just was never ending. It just was never ending. And to talk about it makes me really want to cry right now. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? I'm looking at your daughter. And as I said before, she's beautiful. And, you know, the two of you are here together. You obviously have a special bond. 
And yeah. I would love for Latavia, could you could you tell us a little bit about who you are? Tell us what you like to do, a little bit about yourself. Well, I love to write poetry. That's one of my things. Um, I am also a speech language pathologist. So I wow. kind of, yeah, I went into <laughs> the field because I wanted to give back to the disabled community or the ably different community. Wow. Um, and so I figured that was the best way for me to give back, you know, and it's one of the reasons why I'm able to talk so well today. You know, speech therapist helped me get where I am along with my mom. So I wow. wanted to do that. Um, I now have my own podcast, as you stated before. I am now yes. co-owner and creator of Queens on the Road podcast. And we're just dispelling misconceptions about people who are ably different you know, getting rid of that stigma that we're not out here being productive citizens of society as well. So I'm a big advocate. Um, I love to watch TV. I love to go to the mall. I love to hang out with my friends. And mom would say I'm a workaholic at this point because I'm holding down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm holding down three Did you ever think that, Mary? Did you ever think this, this little being who was, you know, uh, two pounds was going to be a workaholic. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Oh. Not at all. So Latavia, not only do you speak so eloquently, but your vocabulary is exceptional. And uh, I'm just looking at your bright smile and your your cheeks are glowing when you're speaking. You seem very passionate and happy about what you're doing. And that makes me happy to hear for you. That's great. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And it seems like your mom is your number one supporter. Oh, all the time. I actually just took on a role of being a clinical educator out of college. So, wow. Yeah. When I, <laughs> I was like, um, mom, I don't know. She's like, go for it. They're going to take you. Go for it. So mom is always like my biggest cheerleader. You know, she's awesome. pushing me. I remember when um, I was first applying for jobs when I first got out of school because school, you've done it for so long. It's it's easy to do. So when it was time to go out in the workforce, I was like, mom, do you think they'll hire me? You know, when it comes to people with disabilities, they always look at the disability first. I don't know. I'm going to take a break. And she was like, you know what? You're not you didn't earn this degree to sit on it. So for you. You apply for a job <laughs> and you're going to get a job. And I was like, okay, mom, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But of course, I was slow walking because I had some doubts. She called up, actually, the first company I started working with, she called them up and said, uh, my daughter needs an interview. So the lady said, okay, I'm going to call you back. And we went down for the interview. She actually pushed me to get the job. That's great. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. So Mary, it does look like you, um, I know from the story that I heard on Queens on the Roll, um, that, that, that you were a big cheerleader, not only a big cheerleader, but a big advocate for your daughter. Yes. And, and that's what really touched me about your story was that you always believed in her when, when maybe nobody else did. And, and there's a story that, that was told, I think it was at the school where you said she needs to go to, to be in the general ed Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So she was coming out of UCP, United Cerebral Palsy. She went there for early intervention. And um, at the age of four, it's now time for Tay to transition to kindergarten. And they wanted me to put her in special ed. 
So I said, nope. I said, I'm not going to put her in special ed. I said, I'm not a naive or stupid parent. If I see that she cannot handle general ed, I said, then definitely she can be educated in special ed, in special ed. So we sat there going back and forth. Finally, they said, okay. So the first day of school, I enter the cafeteria because that's where all the kindergartners were in the cafeteria. So I enter into the cafeteria with Latavia in a wheelchair and um, they yell up, um, special ed is downstairs. So I said, um, she's not in special ed. So they said, she's not in special ed. I said, no, she's not in special ed. I said, she's in general ed. So they said, okay, come on down, come on down. The parents begin to whisper. Mm. Um, I hope she's not in my child's class. I hope she's not in my daughter's class. And Tay looked at me and she said, mommy, they don't want me in their son or daughter's classroom. I said, Latavia, I said, that's okay. All right. I said, we ain't going to even worry about it. It's okay. I said, because um, you're going to, you're, you're staying in general ed. So um, when they called out the teacher's name, the some of the parents looked around and they said to some of the parents whose children were already in, had been named to go with this teacher. They said, mm-hmm, she's in your child's classroom. She's in wow. your child's classroom. Yeah, like they were making fun because she was in their child's classroom. But at the end of the day, <laughs> what they didn't know is that by the time Tay entered kindergarten, Tay had already read the first Harry Potter book. Oh, wow. Tay entered that classroom. <laughs> helping those kindergartners learn their alphabets and their numbers from one to a hundred. Tay wow. had already entered into, into that school, adding and subtracting. They That's didn't, amazing. Parents did not know that. That's amazing. I love that story. <laughs> wow. I love that you didn't accept what they gave you. Exactly. You, you, you said, no, you, you knew your child and you believed in her and you weren't being unrealistic. You were just, you just knew your child. Exactly. And that's what I think is, is, you know, for, for, for our listeners is that, is that no matter what disability your child has, um, you're the, you're the parent, you're the caregiver, you know, your child, you know what, you know what your kid is like, and you know what your kid needs to succeed and everybody's going to be different. And every parent, every parent's going to have a different plan for his or her child knowing you know, what the kid is like and what they need, what, what their needs are. And I think that that's wonderful that you continued to push for her and look at her today. And I was thinking, you know, you mentioned earlier about how difficult daily life was initially. And as a parent of a child with special needs, I feel the same way. Uh, You know, my daughter's only 16, so we still have various surgeries and lots of therapies, et cetera. But you know, I, I heard you saying you felt like it was the same thing day in, day out, and you were very depressed about it. You you cried, but obviously it was all worth it. And Definitely. you wouldn't have, you wouldn't change a thing because your daughter's happy and healthy and successful and a joy in your life. Definitely. So having said that, I'd love Latavia for you to tell us, if you wouldn't mind, how do you feel when you hear your mom telling her story about your birth and your early years? Yeah. Oh wow. Um I don't know. It kind it kind of puts everything into perspective because you know, as a child, I gave a lot of pushback. I'm headstrong. So when mom would <laughs> say, like, you know, you need to do these exercises, you need to walk, you need to move around. 
and you need to learn how to become independent. I'm like, it's too hard for me. I'm not going to do it. And I'm headstrong. So she raised mm-hmm. me to be headstrong. So we would butt heads a lot of the times on that. But mm-hmm. now that I'm an adult, I see how important it is. And I see that all that hard work and time that she invested in me got me to where I am today. So it kind of, you know, I feel like I owe my mom so much because she put in that, that I'm, and I'm getting ready to cry. She yeah. put in that time and dedication that nobody else probably would have did for me to be here. So for that, I'm extremely grateful to my mom. Because oh, she couldn't beautiful. quit, but she didn't quit. Right. Yeah. Well, our the moms, you know, we we could feel for your situation because we feel the same way. We don't quit on our kids. You know, you're Never. All, you have struggles and some differences, but we all have struggles and differences. It's just which kind of difference is it? Which kind of struggle is it? And when you have a strong leader and role model in your mom, and we hope our daughters feel that way about us you don't quit. You're a team and you do what you got to do. And that's just the way it is. And everybody has bad days, whether you have CP or autism or nothing, you know, diabetes or headaches, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something I always thought of. Cause I, I often hear people talk about devices, wheelchairs, uh, talking machines, orthotics. And I told my daughter, I have device too. I wear glasses. Without these, I can't drive. So everybody has a little something and it's just a matter of we have to learn to accept it and work as hard as we can to overcome it. And it's such a pleasure to meet both of you. It is. It really is. You're an inspiration and a role model and you give me a lot of um, hope and excitement for my own family. So we really appreciate your being here. And we will certainly listen to your podcast again. Tell us the name, Latavia. Queens on a Roll podcast. Love it. Love it. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, ladies. We would love to hear from you with suggestions for additional podcasts or comments about how our discussions are impacting your life. Feel free to email us at mamamariaspodcast at ascfamily.org. We're so glad you're with us and that you want to be part of our lives because we want to be part of yours. Thank you for listening.